This is KYUK Public Radio for the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Anna Rose MacArthur. The governor's budget vetoes may leave Alaskans in the lurch during the pandemic. That's the message from Yukon Kuskokwim Delta State Representative Tiffany Zolkuski. Governor Dunleavy vetoed funding for a variety of programs, including money for rural schools, the Quinnahawk Airport, the Ice Road, and $30 million in Medicaid funding, among other things. Dunleavy says he plans to use federal CARES Act funding to pay for many of these programs, but Zolkuski says she doesn't think that's going to work. The funding that was passed under the CARES Act has strict guardrails to what it can and cannot be used for. That funding has to be used directly for COVID-19 response. So if the governor is not able to backfill vetoed funding, he will ultimately have endangered the state's ability to provide essential state services at a time when Alaskans are relying on it now more than ever. Zokuski goes further to suggest that the rules on the CARES Act means that if the funds are spent inappropriately, the state may end up having to pay the federal government back. If it's found that Alaska is not using these funds in the right way, the state ultimately would have to repay those funds to the federal government. And so, you know, not only does it threaten the viability of these programs, it could also mean returning federal funds to federal government. Representative Zokuski remains stuck in Juneau, sheltering in place and waiting to see when it will be safe to travel back to the region. In education news, as the coronavirus pandemic wears on, the UAF Kuskokwim Consortium Library is working to bring legendary singer Dolly Parton's book program for low-income kids to Bethel. KYUK's Christy Schallenberger has more. Hello, I'm Dolly Parton, the book lady. Most people know Dolly Parton for her songs, but she also has a reading program called Dolly Parton's Imagination Library that gives a free book every month to kids from birth to age five. Teresa Quiner is the librarian for the Kuskokwim Consortium Library in Bethel, and she loves Dolly Parton. Her favorite song, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Quiner is also a fan of the Imagination Library. I love how the Imagination Library, I mean, it's spread all over the world, and she's brought books to, like, millions, like, millions of books to low-income kids around the country and, and around the world. Kids don't have to pay for participating, but it does take money to make sure they get their books. Quiner is trying to raise the money through Library Giving Day on April 23rd with Bethel Community Services Foundation. Also, our fundraising goal right now is to raise $7,500. The Imagination Library appeared on Quiner's radar a couple of years ago, but the coronavirus pandemic spurred Quiner to start fundraising for it now. Kids are home, they're not in school, and we really want them to still have access to books. Meanwhile, National Library Week begins this week, and Quiner wants people to know that while the physical building is closed, there are still services and programs available. We're doing a series called Hunker Down with a New Hobby. It's a series where they talk about a different hobby each week, like gardening and canning and sewing. And she gave a shout-out to their Jesuit volunteer, Jayla Milford, along with her fellow JVs, for working so closely with the food bank to deliver food. But she says she misses seeing community members every day. I'm excited to see everybody again. I'm so used to seeing so many people from the community every day when I go to work, and I miss everybody. (laughs) Quiner also reached out to Dolly Parton's foundation to see if Dolly could record a message for Bethel residents right now. But she was told that will probably not happen. But Quiner hopes to convince her someday.
Reporting in Bethel, I'm Christy Schallenberger. Lastly, the census. Travel restrictions caused by coronavirus have interrupted census workers traveling to Alaska villages to make sure every person is counted. As the Census Bureau continues their work remotely, the Alaska Federation of Natives is pushing for tribal members to participate. KOTZ's Wesley Early has more. AFN is the statewide native organization that represents villages, tribes, and corporations that compact with state and federal programs. Nicole Borromeo is executive vice president and general counsel for AFN. She says often native populations are undercounted. When they do count the villages, question five and nine will drive hundreds of millions of dollars to rural Alaska which is why we are, again, stressing answer them strategically. She says the two questions she mentioned, five and nine, allow for Natives to get a, quote, fair share of federal funding. The last time that the census was done in 2010, we figured there was about a 5% undercount. Um, It's higher among different age groups, children especially. Question five asks the person filling out the form to list the members of their household. We are encouraging that the native person be listed as person number one, because if he or she is, then the whole house counts as a native household. And that drives federal funding to programs that we care about in rural Alaska. Borromeo says those programs include food support programs like SNAP and WIC, as well as school readiness program Head Start. Question 9 asks for racial identity. For Native citizens, there's an additional section asking for tribal affiliation. Alaska tribes are divided differently from lower 48 tribes, Borromeo says. Because of that, it's important to list the tribe they're enrolled in instead of their regional corporation. She says a person enrolled in multiple tribes can list them all. If no one um, out there knows the name of their tribe, it's okay just to put the name of the village. So in the example I gave before, you could just write Norvik and Amber in there. Borromeo says census results from about 100 villages are still pending, with coronavirus pulling census workers off the road. She says even missing one household could mean tens of thousands of dollars in missed funding. Monetarily, each individual can steer about $3,500 to their communities annually based on participating in the census questionnaire. So if one person doesn't feel like their response matters, that's a loss of $3,500 to their community. If a family of four doesn't feel like their response matters, that's $14,000 that could into the community. She says residents can still file online or call the census to make sure they're counted. The deadline to submit a census response was extended to the end of October. Reporting in Kotzebue, I'm Wesley Early. This is KYUK News. I'm Anna Rose MacArthur. Thanks for listening. Please email your comments and news tips to news at kyuk.org and stay tuned for News Yukdoon coming up.